Well, hello, guys, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I have to say, it feels great starting something new. You know, and how when we start something new, God is still with us no matter what. For instance, I've attended college, I'm back in college, and it feels great being at 24. But even while we're at college, multiple of college students sometimes take offense, you know, because they're young and, uh, and when they get an answer wrong, they feel offended. And it's something that we all grow through in our life. You know, it's a development stage. Because yesterday, we took, we took apart yesterday of certain scriptures that might be offensive. And we talked about how we need to live less offensive life and live more of a life thinking, okay, you know what? If we're going to make a mistake, we have to accept it. Or if we're also going to make a mistake, we can't get too offensive, can't get too offended because I will eat our hearts away and it will distract our relationship with God. So today in the, in the devotion, uh, search for an unoffendable heart, we come with the part part two of it. And yes, we have um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, if you have your Bibles open, because there's going to be great uh, things being uh, read today. But before that, we are going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Help us not to get too offended of what you have to say. Help us to be energetic, excited for what you have to uh, show us, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we go out through your day and continue to bless our hearts so that we are not as offended as other people. Because we know that if we love an offensive heart, if we put uh, being offended as number one, it can deteriorate our love relationship with you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you get the offensive mentality out of our hearts and out of our minds. And Lord, bless that this devotion may impact somebody's life in a positive way. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So in Ecclesiastes, I can't say that Bible chapter. I, I mean, no matter how many times I have gone through it, I still can't say that um, Bible ver, or Bible chapter name. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 through 22, it states, Don't uh, eavesdrop on others. You may hear your servant curse you, for you know how often you yourself have cursed others. Let's stop there for a second, because I love in this, because it continues on in verse um, 21, in verse 22 through 29, and it states, for you know how often you yourself are cursed in 2020 or in, in 22. I have always tried my best to let wisdom guide my thoughts and actions. I said, my, I said to myself, I am determined to be wise, but, if I, but it didn't work. Wisdom is always distant and difficult to find. I searched everywhere, determined to find wisdom and to understand the reason for things. I was determined to prove to myself that wickedness is stupid. And that foolishness is madness. I discovered that a seductive woman is a trap 
more bitter than death. Her passion is a snare, and her soft hands are chains. Those who are pleasing to God will escape her, but sinners will be caught in her snare. This is my conclusion, says the teacher. I discovered this after looking at the matter from every possible angle. Though I have searched repeatedly, I have not found what I was looking for. Only one out of a thousand men is vigorous, but not one woman. But I did find, but I did find this. God created people to be vigorous, but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. So pretty much, it, it's talking about how we should not be prying our eyes on women. We shouldn't go after lusting women. And also, we shouldn't hear what people have to say about us. Because I can guarantee you, I have said something behind somebody's back, and they were right there, and next you know, I got caught, and then I got my face got all red, and I had to apologize to them because it was my own arrogance. And that's where we jump to Matthew chapter 7. And I, this really hits a, hits a feel. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. And why, and why worry about a speak in your friend's eye, or a speck in your friend's eye, excuse me, when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you, are, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And it's interesting because verse 6 it continues on to state, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls on two pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. So pretty much is that if we judge others, we can't judge others, especially if they're non-believers. And if we want them to be believers, we have to treat them Christ-like. We have to show them love. We have to show them mercy. We have to show them compassion. And the list can go on. But it's interesting because this whole phrase, you know, don't judge me for who I am or don't judge, don't judge me because I love an elephant or I love, uh, don't judge me because I think I'm a woman anyway, I am a man. Well, I can tell you this. If you are a brother or sister in Christ, if you knew, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are then accounted to hold you accountable for your actions. And we are also meant to help you continue along the path that God has set for you. Because we're not going to allow you to fail. We're not going to allow you to stumble and say, oh, look at that person. They're stumbling down the walk. You wouldn't do that to your own parents, would you? So we shouldn't do that to others. And sometimes, does that include stating the fact? Yes. Would that probably burn the bridge? Yes. But the thing that you did is that you planted a seed and you allowed them to be convicted in what they were doing wrong. That's another thing. And also, if you know 
a person and you tell them about God and you spend time and you put your resources in and you know them. So when they don't accept Jesus Christ and you keep on exerting your energy, you keep on exerting your finances, you are pretty much urinating your time, your re assets, your money all the way in the garbage. And that is like that sw swine. They'll accept it. They'll lead you on, but they're going to dispose of it. They're going to walk all over it. And that is unholy. And that's just absolutely awful. Because we jump back in Proverbs chapter 10, verses 2. Um, Pro Proverbs chapter 10, um, verses 12. Hatred stirs up quarrels or quarrels, but love makes up of makes up all offenses. We continue on in uh, chapter 13. Wise words come from lips of people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money to sin, on sin. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go, uh, will go astray. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Too much talk leads to sin. But be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The words of the godly are like sterling silver, stirring silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. We can continue on, but it pretty much gives a different contrast of what to do and what not to do. And it's interesting because I look at one um, where I talk too much, you know, and if I, you know, if I talk too much, I might say something that I'm going to regret. And I'm sure that we have always, I'm sure that we've said something that we regret. But sometimes once you say it or once you post it, you'll never, it'll never be taken back because people will always be ingrained. It's like that innocent child. Once you introduce that innocent child to some raunchy stuff like sin, They'll always remember. Now, you can try to pray it away. You can try to cleanse it, but there's still going to be in the back burner because it, it, it damaged the innocence. And then in Romans um, chapter 3, verse 23, and this is the main, I'm pretty sure you have heard this and it's very common. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. None of us are perfect except Jesus Christ. Each and every single one of us has stumbled and each and every single one of us do not live a perfect life. You can try to say, I've done all these things. You can try to say, I'm a Christian. I'm trying to live a perfect life. But you fail each and every day. The moment you get up until the moment you lie your head down, you fail. You're not perfect. The only reason why we're perfect is because the blood of Jesus. That's what makes us perfect and makes us righteous in God's eyes and justified. We continue on to Ephesians 4. Chapter 32, or chapter 4, verse 32. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just like, or just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Show mercy upon them. Show 
countenance. Be generous. And that's it's so important in this day and age because we have fallen like off the deep end in this day and age. We, we tend to show mercy for the people that we love, we care about. But we don't show mercy and tenderhearted when somebody, we don't know that individual. So how does this all correlate with taking offense? Well, we're going to get to it right now. So how does all this correlate in taking offense? Because taking offense starts with your response with other people and it starts with me as well. And my response is my choice. And your response is your choice. Nobody else's, not Santa's, not the gremlin, not the Easter bunnies. Last I knew, I will be a human until a human being until I die. I will live with humans, marry them, develop friendships with them. Uh, I won't give birth to them because I'm a man, but I will raise a child, raise a baby, work with them and have them as bosses or as neighbors. I call this on our common ground, the human condition. Just as our human bodies hunger and thirst, so do our souls. But our souls require spiritual food and water. Upon accepting Christ <clears throat> as Lord, we are given a new nature through the indwelling Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, we remain in the human condition, often described spiritually as living in the flesh, quote unquote, since our enemy wants to seek and destroy and all of our relationships hinder them and last but not least deceive us from the walk with Jesus Christ. It is easy to understand struggles with offense caused by people whom we love. It is a completely different ball game when dealing with a guy that flipped you off during or while driving down the road. I've had that happen to me countless times. Um, and what do I do? I don't take offense to it. I just wave back and say, hope you have, I just pray for them. But I am now more aware whenever I take offense as this is not how we want to live. Because if we, if we are on a continuous search to be offended, then we will always find reasons for such. If you want to live a life to be offended, you will always find something to be offended about. Just go on the TV. Just turn on your TV. Then you'll find something to be offended about. Turn on the raunchy news. Then you'll be offended about. Turn on CNN. Turn on uh, the, what's it called? The, the uh, MTV channel. You'll always be something offended about. Or even go to the magazines. Then you'll be something offended about. Because it's something that if you're going to look for it, you're going to be offended. You have to look for something right. If you want to search for not to be offended, pray. Go to the, go to the scriptures. Ask God to develop your heart. Ask God so that you can be mature. Because being easily offended or irritated leads to poor responses steaming from our self-nature. Because we all want love, acceptance, worth, and security. But those things can only be uh, truly fulfilled by Christ within. We live fully when we live from our new identity in Christ. So the main response, the main reason, excuse me, People live offended is unfulfilled expectations, whether they are unspoken, unmet, or even unrealistic. We are often offended when others don't behave 
like we want them to. Each human is intentionally designed to be different. We have different personalities, viewpoints, experiences, all leading to different rationale and behaviors. Even our children growing up in the same home live with completely different personalities and viewpoints. I'm sure your children have all different personalities because they're in, uh, influenced by friends they are surrounded by. And kids in college, for instance, if you're listening to this, I'm sure that you will have a different viewpoint coming back home for spring break because you have been influenced by your professors, by the materials that you're learning. And that's why it's important to hold strong to your faith because if you go to a regular university, your faith will be deteriorated and you will become home a complete different person. And you're going to have your parents say, what did college do to you? This is not my son or my daughter. I have sent them. What happened to your innocence? What happened to your love and passion for Jesus? That's, it comes up to you eventually. Because it's easy to see another person acting like a brat, but it's not easy to see it when we behave like a brat. It is easy to see when others are irritable, easily offended, or even blame or even blamers. So we always have to blame something on somebody for something that they did. Yet, so often, we don't see that we have it within ourselves to behave the exact same way. We can see the splinter in another person's eye, yet we cannot see the log in our own. With an offendable heart, one choose, chooses to quickly forgive and release the offense. God doesn't ask you to forgive to heal the other person. God asks you to forgive to heal you. Amen. Amen. This quick, this quick forgiveness sets you free from the burden that comes with an easily offended, uh, offended heart. It is a shame for one sinner to throw a stone at another sinner. We all live from an inborn sin nature, which is a bit messy and chaotic. We all need grace. Amen. Do we all need grace? Can I get an amen and hallelujah you on that? I surely need grace each and every single day, and mercy especially. For those days that we are not our best or we always fall short. Sometimes you say something to your kid that you don't mean. Or you say something to your friend, your best friend that you don't mean to say or you, don't, you didn't mean to say. Or your coworker, but because it was your off day. We don't need to be provoked by offenses that can bind any of us. We don't need to live defensively either. Life is full of adventure with other humans. So let's extend lots of grace as we are all navigating God's path that he has set before us. So two questions I'm going to leave you to ponder before we head into prayer. How are you responding to other humans when they act differently than you think they should. Are there scenarios where you easily take offense? With this in mind, we're going to end it with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Lord, I pray for anyone that is hearing this, that they can be touched by this devotion, that they can be impacted and their life may be transformed. And they realize that being offended doesn't get you anywhere in life. Being offended only hurts you, Lord and hurts our relationship with you. May you guide us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. And Lord, I pray that we seek a heart of repentance 
And I also pray that you give us a mind of innocence, like an a infant child. And I pray that we can pray for that each and every day because we need that in our lives. Lord, may you protect us as we go out in the world and also protect us as we continue the path that you have set before us so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.